that having the time in the morning has given me the ability to like know what my voice sounds like. And then through the self-discipline, it's turned up the volume on my voice so I can hear it clear. And it's like, no, that's what I want. And it's like easier now for me to distinguish like, hey, I actually like do care. Like I actually acknowledge that I care what people think now, Mm -hmm. but by acknowledging it, I can kind of hold it appropriately because I can hear my own voice and I can separate everything out. What's inside? Discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards. Helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. Welcome back to the What's Inside podcast. I'm your co-host, Eric Nordoff, and I'm here with Ken Edwards. Ken, it's good to see you again. Good to see you too, Eric. All right. So we are on episode two of our season here. Yes. Where we're talking with guests. We are. I'm excited today because we're interviewing my son, Jonathan Edwards. Uh Oh, yeah. Now, what made you decide to bring Jonathan in? It's been fun for me to watch him just grow and develop into the professional that he is. Yeah. He's, uh, I've seen all of his hard work and diligence, and he's so thoughtful mm-hmm. about his process and both his own personal journey, but also how he leads others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The first of two parts of conversations we're having with people is all about the topic of self-leadership. How do you lead yourself? How do you organize your day? And that's what we're going to dive into with Jonathan. So... Uh, do we need anything else to set this up or are we just going to Yeah, I think I want to say one more thing. Yeah. Last episode, we had Evan on. Evan, obviously, is a highly structured individual, the most highly structured in this season that we'll see. Jonathan is less structured and you get to see someone less structured who has worked hard to create a solid process that serves him. Yeah, it's a great conversation. Let's listen. So my name is Jonathan Edwards. I'm the oldest of <laughs> Ken's three boys. So I am a filmmaker. I've been doing that wow, almost 20 years now, about 17 years. Wow. And that's kind of been expressed through a few different ways. You know, I've been on staff at a few different organizations, churches and production companies, things like that. And right now I have my own uh, creative agency just outside of Nashville. So that's great. Yeah. I really appreciate you joining us. Part of what we're talking about in this season of the podcast is self-leadership, mm-hmm. you know, how you lead yourself. And that can be a lot of different things. Part of what I want us to pay attention to is the congruent nature of how people lead themselves because everyone falls somewhere on a continuum of either being kind of loosely structured or highly structured individuals. And our culture tends to send a message that highly structured folks are the ones that get it right, Mm -hmm. which just isn't true. Everyone has a unique design and their self-leadership style needs to be in alignment with their design. So it's kind of what we're talking about today is how you self-lead, kind of the uniqueness of that for anywhere from how you literally order your day, like how do you keep track of what you're doing, calendaring, but also just disciplines that you have learned over the years that kind of help you stay on track with your business. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you would, when you asked me to do this, obviously I said, I said yes and didn't know what you were going to be talking to me about. But I would say this year, this specific question has become one of the primary focuses for me. I have been in a process, I think, of realizing how 
you say self-leadership. I personally define it as self-discipline, just kind of how undisciplined I've been and had a general confusion around working hard and thinking that that was the same thing as self-discipline. And so I think this year specifically, I, I realized that like, hey, these two things are different and have kind of, for me, begun a path of, hey, I'm going to focus specifically on, I call it practicing my self-discipline. Literally those words, practicing my self-discipline. Would you say more about the difference for you between the working hard and self-discipline so we can have that more clearly differentiated? Sure. And Um, full disclosure, like this is something I'm like actively like figuring out, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But so I would say in terms of working hard, like I've never been somebody that's afraid to like throw 60 hours at something or just go in and crank and do it. Right. I think the difference is the self-discipline is one, the the working hard is just about the effort, but the self-discipline is about like how you're going about it. Right. So for me, I kind of came to a point where I realized like, Hey, my mental defenses are like low. Like I can't hear my voice. Like I can't feel myself. Like I don't feel rooted. Like I don't feel anchored. And Mm -hmm. through kind of coming to that point, I realized my mental defenses are low. Like the only way I can build those back up is through self-discipline. Like that will build that wall. And so then for me, it it became about, for me, it was a shift in focus, right? So I guess an example would be a lot of people go, hey, I need to be more disciplined around fitness or around eating or around, you know, X, Y, and Z, like fill in your whatever. For me, I kind of said, I need to be more self-disciplined or I'm self-disciplined, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a shift in thinking where I just started to look at everything as an opportunity to practice my self-discipline. So the way that that kind of, the easiest, kind of the lowest hanging fruit for me was just to start with working out just simply, just because it feels like, hey, that's something like physical. I feel rooted in my body. Like I can, whatever. And then, and then I knew that like, if I wake up, I'm not waking up to work out. I'm waking up to practice my self-discipline. I intentionally think about it like my, because it's an ownership thing. It's my self-discipline. It's nobody else's. Yeah. I want to, I want to grab a hold of that for a minute because mm-hmm. I, I think you're saying something that's important that we overlook because you know, being self-disciplined about self-discipline is a choice to be intentional about your life. Yeah. It's a choice to be conscious. Plus, I meet so many people that are working hard, but they're not really conscious. They're not paying attention to their lives. They're mm-hmm. kind of moving through life in a very unconscious, kind of haphazard kind of way. They let their life kind of push them along instead of grabbing hold of the steering wheel yeah. and deciding the direction. And I think that's, at least for me, where I was getting twisted. I thought because I was putting effort and I was working hard, I was allowing, like I was grabbing life or whatever. Yeah. But in actuality, like it's, like those are two different things. Like it's like, one just being in the car that's going fast, the other one's actually driving the car that's going fast, you know, so. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing that's important is often when we start to be disciplined about self-discipline, it really doesn't, once we do that, it doesn't require the same level of effort that previously all the hard work that we were doing, there was wasted energy. It wasn't as focused, it wasn't as clean, and it's a way to actually become more efficient, therefore create more space for other things in our lives. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've noticed is that I feel like as I've been really disciplined and getting up and working out, then the byproduct of working out is, well, I'm going to eat healthy because I don't want to undo what I just did. And then I can kind of set goals around it, but it's not this like shameful. I'm trying to like, it's like, well, if I'm getting up and practicing my self-discipline, I want to see like the fruit of that. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. like, I need to like point towards something. It kind of just fits in naturally. And I found that 
being more disciplined about it and being hyper-regimented about it and just trying to, I guess, follow through. I don't know. It allows like the hours that I'm working to be more efficient and just better. Like they're higher quality hours. Well, and it, and it reinforces itself. It reinforces if, itself. If you, if you have the success, mm-hmm. then it makes you feel good about mm-hmm. what you're doing and it just kind of mm-hmm. continues a positive upward spiral, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so in this, I've just found that like, I tend to lean towards being addicted to like numbing out and mm-hmm. I can take a lot of directions, you know what I mean? And so I just find that now I ask myself when I'm feeling those things, like the way that usually the way that it works is like the way I'm practicing myself to di- discipline at this point is it, it feels easier to your point. It's mm-hmm. reinforced. But now when I feel it, bump, it's usually around like, I want to procrastinate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, I'm addicted to that numbing out thing. It's like, I don't yeah. want to engage it. But now that I've identified it, I can kind of go, okay, why is this legitimately like, Hey, I can, I need to put this off or there's a reason, mm-hmm. or is it procrastination? If it's procrastination now, because my mental defenses are up, I can engage it and go, okay, it's procrastination. That's really like fear disguised. So like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you afraid of? Yeah. And then you can kind of like address it. And it's, mm-hmm. That's it's, really good. it's been a real game changer for me. Yeah. For Enneagram folks, would you share your Enneagram <laughs> with us? Yeah. So I'm a nine. Yeah. I'm an Enneagram nine. And from my perspective, Jonathan is actually a pretty healthy nine because he accomplishes a lot, makes a, a big <laughs> impact from my observation. And so I say that I wanted you all to hear that because there's a lot of nines that struggle and it's good to struggle because that's where you can get where you really want to be. It's when we don't struggle, Mm -hmm. right? We want to take the path of numbing out Mm -hmm. that things go awry. For nines, I'm a four and fives. We all tend to like the same kind of thing. And so Mm -hmm. in terms of withdrawing. So thanks for that. Would you mind just kind of taking us through your day, like how mm-hmm. you organize your day? Yeah. Now, so this is where I would say I'm still learning quite a bit. And this is honestly where my business partner, he has like a lot of strengths in this area. So I'll probably speak about how he organizes his day, but, you know, because I kind of <laughs> tend to mimic it a little bit. You need to um, give uh, Chad a shout out. <laughs> Chad, yeah. Chad Hunter, we're at Strata Creative. Check us out. <laughs> um, so... For me, I would say the biggest thrust of my day is in the morning. I'm all about my morning routine just because I see the benefits. So I usually wake up between 3.30 and 4. For me, so I've got I've got four little kids. It's very busy and I'm a small business owner, obviously. And so I just feel like if I don't get up and have that time first thing in the morning, I just, I don't get it. And then I can't hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big, a big piece of it for me was finding a gap of time that I could just, I call it having clean air where it's like, I can just have a few hours where I can just, if I need to putz around, like do it, like I can just do what I need to do at the pace I need to do it and nobody's needing anything. And so usually I get that time between about three, three thirty and like seven, somewhere in there. And so I wake up usually about three thirty. And then I will putz for like 30 minutes, make some coffee, whatever. I have some pre-workout supplements that I take. So I like take my supplements and then I kind of chill out. And I'm usually trying to be working out about four. And then I lift for about an hour, work out. And then kind of the next component of that is I try to eat really like, like healthy, like pretty clean. So work out for an hour, fix a good breakfast. Usually at that point, my kids are waking up. So I'm saying hi to the family. And then I'm out the door. I usually try to be in the office between 7 and 7.30. And then from there, depending on the day, obviously I'm in video production, so it, you know I might have a shoot. My days can look a little funny sometimes. I really try to think about it more like weeks and like what am I accomplishing in like larger blocks of time. So 
honestly, once I get in, I usually try to work in like two hour blocks until about four o'clock. Yeah. What happens at four? I go home. (laughs) (laughs) I go home. Yeah. Yeah. Usually switch into dad mode. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of it. I would say the biggest shift for me is I used to wake up at like 3.30 and just start cranking. Yeah. And it just felt like I was always like just past the red line, just burnt out, like Mm -hmm. just done. Um, and just didn't have the energy to do what I needed to do. And really, I would say the other thing too is I try to get more sleep now. So I actually do intentionally go to bed earlier. Instead of just like falling asleep on the couch, I actually intentionally go to bed earlier. Try to make sure I'm getting at least six hours or before I would push that to operating on three hours, like all the time and four mm-hmm. hours and just, right, you know. That's good. I, I want to go back to something that you said, because you, you referenced a couple of times that you've, organized your schedule in such a way that you can listen. Would you say what you mean about listening, like listening to yourself? What is that? I would say this is still something I'm, I think I'm, I'm very much like learning. And I'll speak about it, I guess. The clearest way that I understand it is just kind of as a nine. It just feels like my thoughts and my feelings can get like mushed in with other people's. It's like if there's decisions in my life or like things that are going, even things that I'm just like wrestling through on my own, that's not even anything dramatic people's opinions, like it just sways me a little too much. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like I care. It's like I care too much what people are thinking, but I don't want people to think that I care, you know? (laughs) So it's this weird like dance, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I guess that having the time in the morning has given me the ability to like know what my voice sounds like. And then through the self-discipline, it's turned up the volume on my voice so I can hear it clear. And it's like, no, that's what I want. And it's like easier now for me to distinguish like, hey, I actually like do care. Like I actually acknowledge that I care what people think now, mm-hmm. but by acknowledging it, I can kind of hold it appropriately because I can hear my own voice and I can separate everything out. Yeah, I can appreciate that. One of the things I talk a lot about in my practice is learning to listen to yourself. Because to me, it's one of the most valuable disciplines that you can have in a schedule should facilitate that kind of your rhythm as you move through your day should help things get ordered in such a way that it doesn't take you out of yourself. It actually allows yourself to come to the forefront so that you grow in being able to trust what's going on internally and reading accurately what's going on around you. And and often life happens at such a pace that it all the noise kind of drowns out ourselves. And this is a, a place where, particularly for, for people of faith, as you listen to yourself, you can listen for the voice of God too. The combination of those mm-hmm. two things as you're partnering with him gives you much clearer authoritative kind of direction mm-hmm. of what is next. Yeah. 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 Would you mind talking just about how you actually like schedule? Like, do you work off of a to-do list or do you have a calendaring system that yeah, you so use? That's, that's kind of what I mean, I guess, with it kind of starts to merge in a little bit with Chad. So he's our production manager for mm-hmm. our company that's He's awesome at that, just mm-hmm. project management, all of that. So he kind of really drives my schedule in terms yeah. of like what I work on. I would say the way that we're structured, like our company is, I'm kind of more looking longer term, like what are we going after? Like how are we getting, uh, like what are our longer term goals? Like kind of where are we going? Obviously we work on that together, but new opportunities, stuff like that. And then he kind of is the, hey, let's like schedule it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's the the bringing it down to earth. So right. I would say in terms of how we actually get it done, he schedules it. And then we used to do this just 
shout out to Todoist, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that? It's a, just a, like an organizational app, like an Asana or a... I can't remember all the other ones that are out there. There's a million of them. Yeah. I don't know any of them. Yeah, I know. know. This is an age thing. (laughs) (laughs) So is it a list that you both can amend and edit? Yeah. So it's a, um, yeah, it's basically just like a shared task list. Yeah. And so we use it just to help organize us on our our projects. So I would say we did, so we did a project for a client recently. We've done it for them twice this year, actually. But for the second one that we did, it was basically 40, well, so what was it? It was 40 little like, two-minute animations, three-minute animations, Mm -hmm. but they were all custom, like they weren't all the same. And so we introduced Todoist. Chad had been using it for years just to organize his stuff. We introduced it on this project. And honestly, like it, I would say it cut our time. I mean, I won't say in half, but it helped us very much stay on track, like very much because we were able to put everything in one place. We could move stuff from column to column because the way we organized was this column layout Mm -hmm. so that you could see each individual project and we could see it flow through the pipeline visually, um, which was helpful. And then- Yeah, and so as you're just talking about that, one of the things that struck me is that maybe it cut your time in half, but it certainly cut your energy in half. So you saved. It, that, that's kind of, yeah. It cut our energy in half for sure. We, we, it felt like we weren't having to like work to manage the process. Right. That and that's, that's something I, I want you guys to contemplate is there's a big difference between managing time and managing energy. Mm-hmm. And both require discipline and, and kind of thoughtfulness about what really costs you in your work and how can you make steps, do things to lower that cost. But something's just cost. Like I'm, for me, I'm super picky about who I work with because I think of clients as it requires a unit of energy. And every once in a while you get a client that requires five units of energy. Mm -hmm. I avoid those situations if I can, because it's, it's just so costly. It's not worth it. And I'm sure you have things in your world that are like that. Yep. (laughs) I was going to ask you, how do you measure energy? How do you measure those units? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of have, it's an intuitive thing for me. It's like, I know how much, you know, a session costs just in terms of flow of energy flow. And there's some clients that cost less than a unit. Like I had a a session earlier this morning that was really energizing and fun and life-giving for me. And it's not all about me, but it just happened to be that way. So that session cost me like a quarter unit and it's like score. It's mm-hmm. like, that's really wonderful. Yeah. And yeah, you know, my, my schedule is so different than yours because everything happens in an hour on the hour. And so it's like, if I'm not careful, I can just let, and I'm guilty of this, letting my schedule just kind of push me through the day. Yeah. Because it's like, I can go into autopilot and go from one session to the next session. But you definitely know when it's costing you more than one unit. I have a question, Jonathan, mm-hmm. for you as a creative, mm-hmm. how valuable, talk about the value of having a partner who number one manages the to-do list or the to-doist mm-hmm. and the schedule and the calendar and puts it all together in a planning software. I mean, just talk about the value of that for you because you can get so caught up in all the creative elements. It's never ending, it seems, right? Yes. I can honestly say it's been a game changer. So the way that we talk about it internally, like I guess our internal corporate language, that sounds weird to say, but Internally, we talk about it like being in the right seat and we're both always seeking to get each other into the right seat, right? So we found that like really he, Chad's, he really is great at project management and communication, like communicating with the client. And he really cares about 
like our clients and like communicating well. And so we're just kind of always seeking to get each other into those seats. And then I would say for me, creatively, it feels like they're it feels like I just found all this new horsepower. And we have like our agreed upon, it's like, hey, this is the way we're going to communicate and let's do it within this type of timely manner and like that kind of thing. But it allows me to be like, hey, dude, can you like handle this? I mean, a part of my job for the most part, like I I haven't really ever had like employees like for me, like for my company, right? Like I work with contractors a lot. And so when you're working with a contractor, like you can't just be like, hey man, can you like go find some like Airbnbs for us to sh-? like, right? Like they show up day of and you know, it is what it is. But to have someone else that's like in the trenches on the details, like it literally is night and day, night and day. For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. 